0: Hello! Welcome to Creative Catchup. A podcast where myself,
1: Natasha Newton, artist and illustrator, and me, Mel Chadwick, illustrator and designer, will be chatting about running a creative business. Each
0: episode, we'll be diving into a different topic that has come up in our own creative practice. We'll be sharing our experiences, both the ups and downs, struggles and successes, and hopefully give some advice that you'll also find useful. So join us for episode seven as we chat about building an online presence And ways to share and sell your work online. Hi Natasha. Hi Mel. Today we're going to be talking specifically about sharing and selling our work online. We're going to be looking at how we share our work and the different selling platforms we use. Ways in which we set up shop and what we sell. Finding our audiences, marketing our products and other bits and bobs that you'll have to consider. So... I appreciate that all of these areas, you know, we could do a whole episode probably on one or two of these bits, but I think this will be really helpful for us to have an overview and definitely helpful to those who are listening who have yet to set up shop or have yet to build their portfolio or have yet to really have an online presence. Let's start, though, with how we can show our work. And so, Natasha,
1: what ways do you share and show your work at the moment um what i mainly do is i i will share on instagram and i use other social media as well but it's mainly instagram to be honest i have a mailing list that's another thing so um, i'm gradually building that so they're the people who are really super interested in my work and a website so i have my portfolio on there and um I'm using YouTube as well so that's another way I show my work and I have a shop as well on my website so um, I update that regularly with new collections of work. So did you always have a website? I did actually even from the very earliest days um, as soon as I started thinking about putting my work online I think it was in about 2004 was when I had my first website. So even before the days of MySpace, because that was the next thing I did (laughs) in 2006, I joined up to MySpace. And I think that's how my work really started taking off online. There was a really big kind of artistic community on there. And that's how I really started selling my work online. That's really interesting. I remember Flickr as well. That was photo sharing platform. Yes, I had a Flickr account and I also um, found that people would find me through Flickr. Flickr and Myspace, I think, were back in the mid-naughties were the place to be. I wonder if we'll be saying that in 10 years with Instagram and Facebook. What will come
0: around instead? But that's actually quite a, a pertinent thing, actually, because when you were sharing your work maybe through those platforms, maybe at the time you might have
1: thought, well, this isn't going to change. This will always be here to share. It does feel like that when something's so popular because for a couple of years, MySpace was really so popular. I met a lot of people through MySpace, including Dominic, who I am still, you know, friend or engaged to actually. (laughs) Not just friends with, but one (laughs) of them I'm engaged to. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, so I made some good friends there and people who are still with me, um, even like... fourteen years on. But yeah, at the time I kind of thought my space was something that was going to last for years. But by I would say two thousand eight, nine, it was dying a death and people were moving over to Facebook and then of course, shortly followed by Instagram as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that says to me that it is important to have your own web site, your own place where you can kind of share your work and build a community around that you know because all these other sites seem to be great at the time Mm -hmm. but there comes a point maybe where they will disappear, or they'll change, or yeah. you know, you can't, you won't be able to control like the algorithm,
1: or you won't be able to control who sees it. This is what I heard um, about building your own mailing list, because of, obviously, all of these social media sites um, that we're kind of relying on a bit these days, they have an algorithm. But your mailing list, you send out an email. And it reaches all of those people. It's not like posting on Instagram where you may reach maybe, you know, a quarter of your audience if you're lucky.
0: That's a really good point, actually. And how do people, though, sign up to your mailing list? I mean, do you have like a, something on your website?
1: Yes, I have a form on my website. I have a special page on my website that's very clearly marked mailing list, so that, you know, it's not hard to find. It's very easy for people. And um, I explain what they can expect, how many emails they can expect. I don't send out that many because I think you have to be very careful about that. I think once a month is probably fine. And yeah, they just fill in the form and they're signed up, basically. So it's very simple. Let's just talk a bit then about websites
0: and what options are out there. So I mean, do you want to share what website do you use? And then we'll talk about the different Options there are as well, and I'll share
1: about mine. Well, I use Squarespace. For years before that, I actually used Typepad, and I don't know whether people oh, okay. use that so much anymore. But um, I had a Typepad blog, and then I adapted one of the pages into my own website. And then I wanted to move on from that, and I wanted you know, potentially to integrate a shop and that kind of thing. So I moved on to Squarespace and they were the platform that I found. I could create the website I wanted. It was most suitable for for what I wanted it for. And they've been really good. I've been so happy with Squarespace so far. I think for the plan I have, it's around £100 a year. And um, with that, I have the shop that's integrated too. I pay a little bit extra to have the mailing list. That's a kind of new addition. So, you, when you say the
0: mailing list, so that's not like MailChimp, is that like something else?
1: Yeah, I used to have MailChimp and I think MailChimp's really good. But then Squarespace launched the, the ability to have your mailing list with them. And I thought this is a great idea. I just have it all in one place and it's really simple. So, I moved over to um, I moved the mailing list over to Squarespace and um, since then it's really grown as well and I find I'm using it more and i really enjoying that aspect of being in touch with people yeah
0: really really important isn't it to uh, be able to bring people straight into your web
1: space yes I think that is quite important um because also talking about shops, I used to sell on Etsy for many years. Etsy was my main shop for oh, more than 10 years. And I was a bit frustrated with Etsy for numerous reasons. But one of them was that I couldn't really present my work in the way I wanted to, which I can on my own shop and on my own website. So, yeah, that was one of the reasons for moving but that's obviously a great platform if you're starting out and you don't have a website and Etsy kind of help you along the way and it eases you into having um, your shop online and online selling yeah for me I have
0: a WordPress site I like kind of building things and knowing how things go together so WordPress gives you that ability to do it and add um, add add-ons to it so I also have like you a link people can sign up to my mailing list but my mailing list is with MailChimp at the moment I don't
1: have masses of people on my mailing list. Yeah MailChimp is good because it's free isn't it?
0: Yes yeah it's free and you can pay to get a pro account which will give you automation, you know, like if someone signs up, you can send out emails automatically, you know, to give them more info about you. At the moment it just works for what I need it to work for. And then the website itself shows my illustration work. And like you, I wanted quite a uncluttered website that was just clean and just showed the work rather than felt too disjointed or you couldn't navigate around it it did take me a while to find a template but that's the thing with WordPress you can use lots of different templates but I'm sure you can do that with
1: Squarespace as well that is exactly like Squarespace so yeah it's it was a little bit of a learning curve to um, build my website on Squarespace but they again they have great help pages they talk you through any questions you have it's quite easy to find the answers if you have a problem And um, yeah, you have templates. So you choose the template that most suits the website you would like to have. And then you can adapt it. So you adapt the font and you add your own logo and different things like that. I think it's really important to have your own place because you could build up the most enormous following on social media. And there's nothing to say that those sites, you know, they could close down overnight. They could do. And Yeah,
0: we've seen that before, haven't we? Definitely with some art sites. Yeah, like you say, MySpace, you know, you probably thought that isn't going to go away, but it it has. Yeah,
1: (laughs) and it was surprising how quickly it did as well, um, because it did seem like it had longevity and was going to stay around. But people moved over to Twitter and Facebook and Twitter and Facebook are still, you know, very much used and they're still around. They're my least favourite social media Um, platforms I much prefer Instagram I think the Instagram community generally are much more positive and um, and it's a, a lovely creative place to be it's very inspiring I hope Instagram lasts for many years but yeah there's a danger in building up your following just on something like that without having your own website there's also Wix um which i've heard good reports about i
0: mean i haven't used it but i know it's quite easy to set up a web
1: presence using it and i believe it's free as well to a certain extent like you can upgrade but um I, whereas i think i think squarespace you always you know you have to start with a paid plan but yes i believe wix is free at least to start with so you could try it out and you don't lose anything, do you? <laughs> no. And actually WordPress as well is, is
0: free in to some extent. Oh, you can right. buy templates, but they don't cost an ongoing subscription. You just pay for oh, the template okay. and that's it. Yeah, that's good. You've kind of got your website set up. You've got some work and pieces that you want to put on the website. But what are the essential things that
1: you need to put on the website? I would say, so you have your portfolio section where you're showing your work, assuming you don't have a shop on your website, I would say the other important things are your about page or bio. Yes. Uh, People want to know who you are a little bit more about you. So that's a great place to do that. The contact page so that your email address is very clear and people can find out how to contact you easily. I have a press page on my website. That's another thing. Whenever I've been featured in magazines or books whether that's, you know, on the inside of a magazine or whether I've done book cover illustration, I put them all on the press page of my website. They're all together and people can just see that I have been featured in, you know, several publications, which I think kind of helps, I don't know how to put this, not build your reputation, but it kind of gives them um, some confidence in you it gives some validity to your work. So if you have been featured anywhere, I think that's quite um, a good page to have on your site. It's a bit
0: like um, testimonials, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Anything like that where, you know, or reviews of your work or whether you've been featured, maybe there's another website you've been featured on and you have an interview, I would say link to that from your own website. Because anything where people can find out more about you and see that you, you know, you kind of have a, a serious career is not the right way of putting it, but you know what I mean.
0: Yes. Yeah. That you are actually a living, working artist. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> not not just some kind of presence that doesn't, you know, that can show everything, but really hasn't done anything.
1: And the other thing I decided to put on this website when I was designing it was um, a frequently asked questions page. Because you get a lot of messages from people asking the same things, and so you'll know, you know, as as the artist or creator, you'll know what these these questions you get asked a lot are, and so I use that um, instead of answering everybody separately. I decided to create a page where I, I wrote down the question and then the answer underneath. And now I can just send people to that page or they, or they will find it on the website and they won't need to email me because you can spend an awful lot of time answering the same questions over and over. So it's good to have that, yeah. I have a blog p- page on my website as well where I kind of
0: share things that are going on, but I guess... Oh, it's a good idea, yeah. You know, that kind of info, though, you
1: would probably share in your mail out you know, to your yeah news,
0: newsletter people.
1: And I kind of felt that um, as I got into YouTube, that took over from my blog because I did used to have a blog and um, people can see what I'm up to there. I couldn't do both. I would love to be able to do both, but it's too time consuming.
0: Another thing that I have on my website, as well as what you've mentioned, I've just put services, so I kind oh, of say... Yeah like the different things that I can offer to them because I often find that people who are asking me for work sometimes they haven't even looked at my stuff and it's like I sometimes think well why are you asking me for work if you haven't even looked at my That's work strange <laughs> <laughs> well it's just like they're looking for I guess freelancers or right. freelance illustrators okay. just to do do a job so yeah. I always try to be as clear as I can about what I, what I can offer and share what work I've done. If you can include all of that on your website and the most important thing is
1: contact details. It's really important to make it very obvious on your website how people can contact you. Because so many artists' websites I go to and I can't I'm searching and searching and I can't find their email address or how to contact them. And people have a limited amount of time and a short attention span when they're online. And if they can't find it, they will just click off. And go somewhere else and you could be losing out on sales or, you know, potentially interesting collaborations or opportunities. So, yeah, it's very important. I keep my, my portfolio separate from my
0: shop because I feel at the moment they're two quite different um, audiences, two different markets. So one is client work and commercial illustration and then the other is workshops and then um, my postcards as well. Which is why at the moment they're separate.
1: Yeah, that makes
0: sense. That does make sense. Yeah, and I use Super Duper. Managed to get in on a you know a free plan right at the beginning.
1: That's fantastic.
0: <laughs> it works for what I need it to do, and then there are other ones like Big Cartel and
1: Shopify. Yeah, I used Big Cartel for a while for my shop. I had a a shop alongside my Etsy shop. Um, And I quite liked that site, but I found uh, driving traffic to it in those days when I had less of a following, that was a bit of a problem. One of the benefits of Etsy for your shop is that they will drive traffic to your shop. So if you're starting out, that's a really good thing to bear in mind. Whereas Big Cartel, you really do have to drive your own traffic a little bit more.
0: So there's lots of options, aren't there? There are actually probably more options that we haven't talked about. Oh,
1: I'm sure there are. Yeah. And I think the one thing that I did when deciding where I wanted to have my website was I looked at a lot of other artists whose whose work I liked and who I was following. I looked at their websites and the ones that I found I really liked, I would say, oh, who do you have your website with? Um, So it's good to ask people. Yeah, I used to do that
0: too. And then if you scroll down to the bottom of the people's websites, you can normally see either where it's hosted or who's designed it.
1: Yes, there's often info on there, isn't there? Yeah.
0: Other ways we've talked about to show our work, talked about social media, we've talked about through our newsletters we've talked about a little bit through youtube as well i mean youtube is a is a really creative way i think to show your work because yeah you get to share more than just an image you get to share the person behind it as well you know you can hear their voice you can see them making it you can be yeah. really creative can't you with youtube i
1: think that's what people find fascinating about it i think um They come into your life a little bit more. You know, they can see behind the scenes. They can see how you create pieces and where you work and where you live. And um, it's up to you how much you want to share. I think I share quite a lot, but I'm also, I keep a lot of aspects of our life fairly private as well so I'm not like a daily vlogger or something and sharing every aspect of my life but um, I do let people in so that they can see a little bit behind the scenes and um, yeah and you can talk to people very directly and you can talk about topics that you're interested in and um, that way they connect with you more and I think people like to know about the person behind the art
0: yeah makes it more real as well and authentic and yeah and how you go about creating it's it's a great platform actually it is and I love the fact
1: that more and more artists are using it years ago YouTube used to be a platform for I mean like cat videos you know it was just I think it still is really (laughs) well there's nothing wrong with that (laughs) <laughs> the more cat videos, the better, I say. <laughs> yeah, it's changing as it goes along. I mean, I watch so much more of YouTube than normal television. So I think that that is another thing where, you know, it's, it's good to consider if you feel like that's something you could do because you meet a different audience on YouTube as well. I noticed that there's a little bit of crossover between the platforms, but not a lot. And I was surprised at that, actually. So a lot of people are telling me that they have found me in my work on YouTube rather than finding me on Instagram and, you know, coming over from there. I mean, there are some people, obviously, who who have followed me over. But, yeah, a lot of people have have just discovered me on YouTube. So it's definitely a platform to consider, I would say. And again, with a little bit like having a
0: website really in a way, um like your youtube channel people once they found you can then like easily just go through all of your videos and kind of you know really get to know you in a way yeah. and sometimes sometimes you could get a bit lost i think on instagram yes you could go through all of the the feed but i don't know there's there's just so much more that you can get and realize about the artist if they're sharing on on youtube and their process and how they do things.
1: And I think Instagram it requires your full attention because it's a very visual platform and even though YouTube is a visual platform a lot of people use it as like um almost like a podcast so you put someone on you put their vlog on and you may I mean I do when I'm working so I'm looking up occasionally at certain things they're doing but really I'm listening rather than watching. So it's a, it's a great thing for people to just um, dip into when they're busy doing something else. Whereas Instagram is very much, you have the phone in front of your face and you're scrolling and very, it's very time consuming. Whereas I think YouTube can be integrated into, you know, your day without absorbing too much of your time, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. I mean, this week I know, especially I've been having to do a lot of computer work, so in order just to get me kind of going I like to just find a few of my favourite kind of channels pop them on and just you know they're they're my company then for that for
1: the day um it's lovely isn't it because it does actually help you to feel less alone if you work alone yeah it's lovely they become like a friend you pop them on in the background and it's like that nice familiar voice mm.
0: and then you're like okay I could just get on now with my other things yeah yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, it's a really nice way of uh, sharing work. Another thing I found um, that's been quite useful for growing my audience online is doing the occasional giveaway. So if I reach a certain target, so say when I reach 10,000 followers on Instagram, I did a special giveaway for my followers. And um, yeah, when you run the competition, if you say, you know, that one of the rules is they have to leave a comment and tag a friend, it's giving something back to your followers to acknowledge your appreciation of their support but it's also a great little marketing tool in a way because it does help to get your work out there to more people because people end up sharing it and also more people who would be actually
0: naturally interested yeah because I guess if you're getting people to tag friends Mm. then they're thinking of friends who may like the work rather than like pay for followers or get loads of you know, random people who aren't really interested, but for some reason are, are kind of following you.
1: I will reiterate do not buy followers. Yes. <laughs> you want an engaged, authentic following, not a load of bots who you know are just there to rack up the numbers yeah the engagement of your following is the most important thing
0: collaborating as well with other artists I mean like us we're collaborating on this podcast yes yeah Um, this is a form of kind of getting our voices out there and you know sharing our work you know you can do that in so many different forms you know it doesn't have to be a podcast it can be just collaborating on a piece of work or you're both responding to a subject and you both happen to share it then together and
1: yeah so that becomes a like a little bit of cross promotion doesn't it so yeah
0: you're introducing them to your followers and they're introducing you to
1: their followers so and it's really fun to collaborate with people too because it gets you doing things you wouldn't normally do and this podcast is the perfect example of that it's like i wouldn't have a podcast if it if it weren't for you so you know the fact that you asked me pushed me into doing something that I I wouldn't normally do
0: and it's funny actually having you on it means that I feel more accountable and responsible (laughs) for for doing it and you know putting in putting in the time to do it as well so you help each other don't you by um, I think you really do yeah yeah working together Okay, so we've talked a little bit about, well, we've talked quite a bit about showing your work. Hopefully there are ways there that have sparked your interest and people can pick and choose how they want to show their work. But it is important, I think, to have a website, I think, yeah. and to have something that is yours. No one can take that away from you. Yeah. Okay, so the next thing I think we'd like to talk about is actually selling your work. I would like to ask you how did you first start selling your work online?
1: Well, the first thing, funnily enough, we'll bring it back up again, <laughs> MySpace, it keeps getting mentioned. Um, yeah, it was, it was actually through, I believe, MySpace and eBay were the first places. Yes, yes,
0: eBay. Now, that's funny, isn't it? Because you just don't think of eBay, really, it would be the right space. But actually...
1: It probably was. You see, back in, I mean, this, this was when I really was just beginning to sell my work. Um, I was not a full-time artist at this point. Um, and I remember th- following some other artists. Do you remember something called Live Journal as well? This was kind of a, it was a kind of blogging, an early blogging platform.
0: I mean, I remember
1: Blogspot. I did. Yeah, that was a popular one too, wasn't it? So before YouTube and, you know, vloggers, we had bloggers (laughs) and and LiveJournal. I remember finding LiveJournal and I don't even, I can't even remember how I found it, but there were several artists on there. And I noticed that these artists were selling their work on eBay because this was in the days before Etsy. And so I was like, this could be something I could do. Maybe I could sell online. Because at the time I had a basic website, but it didn't have a shop integrated and I wasn't selling anywhere else. So yes, I sold quite a few paintings through eBay at the beginning of my career. Oh, wow. I was going to say, what kind of things were you selling? Was yeah, it original paintings? paintings. Yeah. And there was quite... Ca- like canvas paintings? Yeah, canvas paintings. paintings. And there was quite a good... Um, market on there for that kind of thing back then myspace as well it was basically um people would get in touch with me on myspace and say they liked a particular piece and you know was i selling it um so i would sell certain things through myspace i mean you would you'd arrange it through paypal and so on because there wasn't really a place to sell on myspace but people people could see your work so it's kind of like a kind of part social media part portfolio really um yeah and yeah and then when Etsy came around I was I was very interested in that and that was when I set up my first Etsy shop so yeah I've I've sold in quite a few ways actually online yeah
0: yeah it's amazing isn't it how things so progress so let's talk about how you sell your work right
1: now so right now um I sometimes will accept commissions so people will either contact me through Instagram or through the contact form on my website so it's I've kind of have a separate page on my website like I do with the mailing list for the contact form um, so they can quickly submit a message to me um, so yeah people will get in touch for commissions but um, for just general selling I use the shop that is integrated with my website. I think you sell
0: your work really effectively, your shop updates. So you used to, once you made some work, would just put it on your shop.
1: Yeah, just bit by bit, you know, piece by piece as they were finished, yeah. This is this is how I worked for years. So when I was on Etsy, I would just basically, um, I finish a piece of work, pop it on Etsy, you know, do that kind of thing. But... Um, now my following has grown. I found that well, one of the reason for the shop updates was because um, I would post the the work on Instagram um, before I put it in the shop. And um, I tell people, oh, this is going to go in the shop. And then <laughs> somebody on Instagram would invariably say, oh, please, can I buy that? And then they'd end up buying it before I even had a chance to put it in the shop. And then that didn't yeah. feel fair to other people. I kind of thought, you see, you're torn between um, wanting, you know, if you have somebody who's saying, I want to buy that, obviously, you know, you need the sale and they want to please people as well. That's another thing. So if somebody asks me, you know, can I have that? and I'll be like yes okay then and then it would end up not making it into the shop and people would say oh, I thought you were going to put that in the shop the other day <laughs> and I'd be like oh sorry it sold on Instagram and so I thought what's a way around this and I could see that other artists were doing um, shop updates where they would do them at a designated pre-planned date and time so I decided that this was the way forward. I would save up the work. And um, I have another one coming up at the end of this month, actually, that I'm working towards at the moment. But I'm also kind of popping the odd little piece in the shop to keep things ticking over in the meantime. But for larger collections of work now, I save them up. I work on them over a month or so. And then I pop them all in the shop at this designated date and time and my mailing list members are the people who get to know about it and see everything first so that's a good way of getting people to sign up to your mailing list making it something a little bit special and exclusive
0: that's really good advice actually you've shared natasha about a few different selling sites i'm just wondering if we could just talk about you know all the selling, well not all the selling <laughs> sites, but um, some of the main selling sites that are out there mentioned Etsy, but there's also uh, Folksy. I would say is like the UK equivalent of Etsy, although Etsy is now in UK as well. But but Folksy is definitely UK audience, I would say. And I've sold on Folksy when I was um, screen printing a lot of my products. Found that they were really engaged you know with their makers Um, they would frequently do posts about their makers and what they're doing and behind the scenes and it's actually nice I think to sell with a site like that because you have access to a lot of helpful info and advice You also have a community, I guess, a community that you can join. I know folks are very proactive in building their community. And it's something to think about, you know, when you are selling, especially if you you need advice, you need a bit of help. Then there's so many great articles that you can find.
1: Yeah. And on Etsy, they have um, the forum, don't they? So um i whenever i had a problem or an issue i would go there and they they have a really nice community on there where people are very willing to answer any queries you have or so that that's good it's good to have that community around you
0: if you were creating digital products like fonts or lettering or just kind of digital assets that you use in your illustration i know i i don't sell with these sites but i do go there to buy these products. So, Creative Market is a great site and Design Cuts as well. I know I've bought quite a few different products from them, like lettering or textures, which have been very, very handy. But I guess if you're an illustrator who works a lot anyway with vector assets or Photoshop, then it may be worth setting up a shop on one of these places and selling those kind of pieces. Yeah, that's a good idea. So there are a lot of different things that you can sell.
1: You know, you sell originals and you sell prints. Yes, I sell prints. Um, I haven't got any for sale at the moment, but I'm looking into a different manufacturer. Yeah, and I sell like little sets of postcards and things like that. I would like to get more into products. So that's something I need to research and find the time to do. Yeah, like greetings cards and perhaps pins and mugs and things like that, you know, affordable kind of gift type items, I think would be a really good addition to my shop. Yeah. and I guess you have to think, don't you, how
0: much you want to invest at the beginning as well, especially if you're producing and manufacturing or handling yeah. the manufacturing yourself. Mm. You have to really do have to research where you're going to get it produced, who's going to produce it, and then how much you want to put into it. But you don't need a massive amount to, at the beginning, do you really, to to start selling some products? So you mentioned postcards, and I think you've actually mentioned that you get them made at
1: Moo.com. I do. And I don't think Moo are uh... Uh, probably the cheapest place to have them made but they the quality of them is really good so um I stick to Moo and I do tend to look out for when they have offers on as well oh yes so I stock up I tend to try and stock up if they have an offer on and um take advantage of that So if it's like 20% off code or something but yes it's it can be quite easy to do you know you upload a few images and um and yeah, and they do all of the work for you, really, <laughs> which is fantastic. I
0: think there are probably quite a lot of other printing websites that are very similar to Moo as well. I yeah. know I've, I've used printed.com and
1: lo, a local printer as well is another good one. It's probably a good idea before you actually um, send them your work to print to actually ask them for some samples so that you can see the quality. Uh, I guess another thing you have to consider is
0: space. How much space you have as well? Because obviously, if you're going to be manufacturing or having things manufactured, then you need storage to put all of those goodies in before you yeah that's, before you that's sell definitely
1: them. A factor, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You have to consider where you're going to store all of this because yeah, you could end up living in a room full of boxes
0: <laughs> if you don't want to go down that route. But you still want to sell your products, you know. You can do POD which is print-on-demand website. So this is where you would have your images ready and then you would upload them to a site who would then present them on a range of different products, phone covers or pillowcases or duvet covers or wall hangings. And then they would then market the product for you and sell it for you. And then you would just get a small percentage of that sale.
1: Yeah there's no initial
0: outlay is there. But you'd have some time then it might be a good way of kind of
1: easing yourself into that selling. Yeah because it takes away a lot of the worry doesn't it of having to send them out yourself so it's a great source of passive income. Yes exactly. So that that could be a good plan if you are just starting and you want to um, earn a little bit of extra money on the side without investing too much at the beginning.
0: There probably is lots of other things that we can talk about but I hope that that's given us an overview.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good overview of the different platforms and ways you can sell your work, yeah, or present
0: your work. And the one thing, I guess, that we're both saying and that you've got to do is show your work. You've got to get your work out there. There's no point in creating a, a body of work and then it just sits in your
1: drawer and it can seem daunting you see all of this when you're first starting out you think how on earth am i ever going to know how to create a website but it is actually really quite easy these days and there are people you can ask there's so many
0: so many articles you can read about it isn't there or like go on youtube go and find people who have who are you know sharing their steps and their process
1: yes that's a good idea actually um Yes, look on YouTube because you can find... Well, Google and YouTube should be your best friends when you're setting something like this up because if ever you have a question about anything, if you just Google it or search on YouTube, there will be someone who has made a video or, or a blog post about it. And yeah, that can really help.
0: We're going to draw this episode to a close. Hopefully it's given you a good overview of selling and showing your work. So, Natasha, what are we going to be looking at next episode?
1: We're going to be looking at um, different ways of offering lessons and workshops, um, basically teaching our skills to other people. Brilliant. We'd love to hear your thoughts on how
0: you sell and share your work online. What do you find works for you? has today's conversation helped spark any new ideas for selling let's continue the conversation over on our youtube or instagram accounts you can find us by searching creative catch up on youtube or at creative underscore catch up on instagram and
1: if you're enjoying our podcast please leave a review on apple podcasts as it will help us to connect with more folk just like you so until next time keep
0: sharing your work creatively